you want to live a life of freedom and adventure? Are you wanting more than the daily grind? Me too. Welcome to The Emma Lovell Show, a place where we talk about living a life you love now. I'm your host, Emma Lovell, and my number one value is freedom. I've spent the last 14 years running a business and traveling the world, and now I take my husband and toddler along for the adventure too. It's possible and I know you can create a life doing what you truly love as well. This podcast will inspire, motivate, and encourage you to go after your dreams, to create a life you love and to live it now, not wait for retirement or someday in the future. I'll be sharing episodes weekly about how I harmonize business, travel, and self-care. I'll also bring on incredible guests to share their journeys, the wins, the challenges, and how they're creating a life they love. Let's jump in and get dreaming. This is a space for you to manifest a life you love. I would like to acknowledge and recognize Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. I am grateful for the continuing care of the land, waterways and skies where I work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on Yugambeh country and from wherever you are listening, I pay my respects to the elders past and present. Welcome to today's episode with Rachel Smith, a freelance journalist, copywriter, and content producer who's freelanced for more than 20 years. I have had the pleasure of knowing Rachel for quite a long time and to see her evolve. It's so much fun to get to talk in this episode about things that she's done, like being a columnist for a website, Reality Chick, then becoming a best-selling uh, becoming an author and then, you know, having a another site called Letter to My Ex, also being a travel writer and then running one of the most incredible events that I went to of 2023, the Content Bite Summit with her co-host, Lynn Testoni from the Content Bite podcast, which I also love. Uh, Rach is just such an amazing uh, confidant, um, business mentor, friend, uh, talented, talented writer. And you're going to hear her incredible journey over more than 20 years and this portfolio career, multi-passionate entrepreneur, showing that you can be more than one thing. Please welcome Rachel Smith. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel. Thank you for having me, Emma Lavelle. It's very fun because I, you, you and I, we did a podcast and I did it with two of you and then I've been on your podcast. So it's really fun that this is, I keep saying my new podcast, but we're in the twenties now, which is exciting. Um, but, you know, tell us a little bit, I love, we all have our elevator pitch, but just tell us a little bit about you in the way that you would like the audience to know you. Mm. Well, I am a mum of one and a wife and I am a freelance journalist and a copywriter and I also am the founder of Rachel's List. It's my elevator pitch, a jobs board and community for writers, for other writers like me. Do you remember how we met? Let's see. Gosh. Was it in a group? I just feel like we were, like, around. Like, we come from the, like, I, Rach is one of the people that I think of as my first 
Like, Hang on, no, you joined Rachel's list. That's how we met. I did. I knew of you before that. Like we, it's right. one of those things where like you've introduced me to a few people, and you're like, how how do you not know each other? Because there's certain people who are like in the online freelancing small business world who are sort of connected, and you just know of each other. But then you, yeah. it was crazy, like Lucy Kippist, um, that we hadn't actually made the connection, and yeah. you were one of those people. And then it was like, I think I'd been on the email list for a long time. Then it was like, why am I not on this thing? officially and then I joined the gold group which you get through Rachel's list and that is this place that I love and I say you know my title would be coach speaker writer I'd mix the words sometimes it's writer speaker coach but I'm like if you had to ask me one word for myself in my heart I'm a writer and this year going to the content bite summit that you ran through your podcast and you know um Oh, God, that should be part of my elevator pitch too. Oh, I have a podcast yeah. and ran a conference. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget about that. Oh, well. Rach, yeah, we, we, we're those people, multi-passionate entrepreneurs who do most yeah. multiple things and so then your introduction. Portfolio career. Your introduction, <laughs> yes, a portfolio career. Your introduction becomes challenging, but it was so nice to be in a room with my people and, Rach, you've always been one of my people and, like, one of the top people that I think of as my virtual office buddies because... We both work uh, remotely or we work from home, have always before it was cool with COVID. And um, it's just been nice that you're someone that I know I can reach out to. Um, Absolutely. And likewise, we're often on the, well, our thing really is Facebook Messenger, isn't it? If we need to ask each other a question, although we've recently thrown Voxer into the mix. But when I asked you a question on Voxer, you, you were on a thing. You were away traveling somewhere. And I thought maybe Voxer isn't a thing. I'm going to go back to Facebook. You can message voice message on Messenger as well. So yeah, choose oh, your channel. That's a yeah. good that's a good tip. <laughs> choose your channel because it gets very convoluted and confusing and we, it we does. have conversations in seven places. But Messenger yeah. is our place. And it's just so lovely having that person. But um oh yeah, that kind of leads me to, you know, there are business owners who are in the trenches and who are in the thick of it. And sometimes you don't know where to turn and like who to ask. Um, which is why I love the gold group. But like, yeah, how do you feel about that? You know, you you would hear because you talk to so many business owners, having so many people who are members. How do you how do you feel about it? How do you feel that the support or or what's needed there? Um, well, in in terms of being in the trenches, that's a really interesting one because I often get told, I've been told over the years, why don't you give up your work and just run Rachel's list? Um, and I always say because my whole passion is about my work and Rachel's List kind of evolved from that more as a social thing and then it became another business in its own right and now it's this huge community and, yeah, and it's amazing. It's actually got a life of its own. If you're in the Gold Group, I mean, just this week alone, I think we've helped a doctor, you know, quote on medical writing. We're talking about, you know, the myths about freelancing. Um God, now I'm trying to think of some of the other big things that we've talked about. Oh, we put a, a post up asking people what their big things were for 2024 and that was just an incredible treasure trove of all these goals and things that people wanted to do. And and so it's it's really interesting, that group. I, I'm in it a lot, but it has also taken on a complete life of its own because there are so many smart, wise amazing people in it who often jump on posts before I even get a chance to and just say something way better than I could and I'm like oh god they've really got it I think I'll just move on 
<laughs> so, and it's funny because yeah. it's your name, but like it's a great, and that's what we talked about when you came on um, Live and Love Your Brand. Actually, no, we did solo because um, we talked about that, like having a business that's named after yes. you that has yeah. your name in the title and how that could end up meaning that you're very attached to it. But I think people don't even realise sometimes that you're Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Be Rachel. There is an actual. There is a Rachel. No, people still think there is no Rachel. And then they also think, oh, is it like Craigslist? I get that a lot too. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you cannot really. sell your couch on my yeah. list. <laughs> yeah. Or are you that tattooed, tattooed lady that you used to have on your banners? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no it's not clear either yeah. Um, yeah but I just well, when you said your work before because not everyone would know I mean you and I know what your work means but what does work look like then to you like what is the work that you love doing well my work has changed radically so I've worked for myself for 20 years and when I first started um, I was predominantly a sub and then a magazine writer and then that evolved into my first sort of freelance gig, which was a, as a movie reviewer. And um, and then I was also an advice columnist with Pip Harry, who is an amazing YA author. And we were sort of very undercover and then we got outed by a newspaper in Queensland. And <laughs> so we sort of kept... <laughs> yes, yes. We were completely like undercover and then we did a big photo shoot and it all became uh, above board and then... Uh, we, you know, she she left Reality Chick first, and then I started Letter to My Ex, and that is still running, but is such a big beast with so many letters that I have a VA kind of handle the letters for me and uploading the letters and stuff. And then Reality Chick, um, we got a book deal and we turned it into a book. Like we chose the best questions and we turned it into a book called Get Lucky, and um, and that came out just when I had just had my kid, and so was nine years ago wow it feels so much longer than that that it came out but this is wild like I know you quite well and we talk about a lot of stuff but this is the thing you, you know you're talking about a 20-year career how how yeah. could we talk about everything and then you you yeah. do sort of end up pigeonholing someone into the, the thing you know them for yeah um, but you have like you, know, you don't realize or everything that's come before. Yeah, and so that is my ex, like that. That's still. I've, I've sort of. You've just. Yeah. I think you're talking about it a little more than you used to. You've sort of brought it up a few more times, or my ear is now attuned to it. But didn't I even know about it. I talked about it recently on another podcast, Unemployed and Afraid, because she was fascinated by it. anyone who who finds letter to my ex and sees my name on it because I'm just at the bottom. There's it's in the footer, and but it's really all about the letters of all these heartbroken people. Um. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you do that. But I actually don't do that. I have my lovely VA Janelle do all the letters. And I've tried, it's on my list to sort of, um, <laughs> how do you say, monetize it. But yeah. it's really difficult to do because, you know, everyone who's in the stage of heartbreak is, well, a lot of the letters are really rude. They're just like there's so much swearing and it's quite an intense experience reading the letters and letters to my ex and so brands have sort of dipped their toe in and then quickly you know pulled their toe out and abandoned ship so I don't know you, know, you I, and I, I are this but you were just saying like before when we we're off air like you're a classic for giving people advice that you and I always think, do you know what you could do yeah <laughs> I always do that it's it must annoy people so much, but I'll say, oh, my God, I've just got a great business idea for you, and then I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I've just thought the brands that would be great for you are, like, 
sex toys like I know well that's what that's what Kim Curtin told me she said oh wow that could be you know I could have a great sponsor in mind for you funnily enough I did get loads of sex toys um (laughs) sponsors when we were doing reality chick it was just wall-to-wall sex toys basically um which is interesting what a a time I don't know yeah how that sounds but um (laughs) (laughs) It was really, but yeah, let us to my ex. I need to do something with it. I actually had lunch with Lindy Alexander when I was in her neck of the woods recently, which was such a treat because we're never in each other's neck of the woods. And I told her about letters to my ex and she was like, what? And then she was, her wheels got turning and she's like, wow, I'm going to think of some ways that you can do something. Um, I love writers. I love my journalist sort of friends because like straight away you were like, just off the top of yeah, like these amazing headlines or like 19 things that you can, and I'm like, oh, it's just, and, you know, I was talk, I'm was i talking to Lindy about potentially doing something with India and she's like, well, just off the top of my head and just rattles off seven amazing, very specific niche stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How your brains work. It's just like, oh, gold, gold. She's amazing. And we keep saying, oh, my God, we should do, you know, just a weekend away where we can just talk nonstop for like 48 hours. And we would just would not even eat. We would just be like, blah, 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 and this is what you should do and blah, 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 and this is what you should do. So, yeah, massive kindred spirits. And she um, was really fascinated by Letters to My Ex too. So Letters to My Ex is a little bit on the shelf. It's on my shelf of potential things that I might do something with when I have time. Um, but I never have any time, so it just sits there for now. Um, but, yeah. It's- well, let's come back to that in the trenches. So, so people are sort of trying to tell you that you yeah. should be in the trenches. Yeah, then- I shouldn't. No, I shouldn't be. I should give should, all yeah. up. Stop give doing the working. Devote my life to running Rachel's List and make that a full, big community business where I, that's all that I do. I think that's such a, but that's a mistake that a lot of business owners make is that they grow and evolve and scale. And I don't know if you've ever read the e-myth, but it's that, well, it's where some people can get stuck that you're the CEO, the manager and the technician. Yeah. It's like, but then it's like realizing I like being the technician. I like yeah. doing the writing. Yeah. You know, the CEO doesn't do the doing. I mean, sometimes they can get in, but then that's the thing where they get back into that small business cycle. Um, and if you end up, you end up sometimes outsourcing everything that you love and then you're just a manager. Yeah. And yeah. that was me with pets sitting around a pet sitting business. Again, you and I just random life stuff, but running okay. a pet sitting business was, um, I wasn't people like, that's so cute and that's so fun. And it's like, mm, I don't actually spend a lot of time with the animals anymore. I'm more um, coordinating. And then I'm dealing with a lot of people. I'm dealing with customers who are people and I'm dealing with staff who are people and yeah. there's problems with people and I'm like I didn't get in this I got it in it because it was suiting my lifestyle it no longer suits my lifestyle and so if you like being and you do love the writing stuff and keeping that muscle flexed and I mean I think that's why you're so valuable to Rachel's List because you do get it well yeah I'm kind of having a lot of challenges that they're having at different times you know like sometimes I might have a client dump me for some reason or ghost me or I might have trouble finding clients or go through a slow patch like all these kind of challenges that freelancers across the board have I'm you know I'm not immune to any of that even though I've been working for myself for so long and I think that's what makes the podcast really interesting as well like Lynn and I come at it from very different angles she's been freelancing for eight years and I've been freelancing for you know nearly 25 oh my god it's like (laughs) 
you know, and yeah, and my career just keeps evolving and keeps moving. Like after I did the movies, I became a travel editor and I did so much travel writing. This is before I had my kid and that was a whole other kind of life lived. Do you know what I mean? As you know, like you still have managed to keep on doing that and keep doing it with a kid and maintain all of that. And I very much stepped away from that and went in another direction and um, you know, do lots of copywriting and business writing and I still do lots of magazine work but I do heaps of copywriting and content as well and for very different industries that I never would have thought I would write for back when I was a movie reviewer or I was a travel writer like trooping through Africa or, you know. So it's all these little little lives lived in your in a career that just keeps evolving and I think there's something really amazing about that and I don't want that to stop. So there's no, no way that I want to go, well, I'm going to actually give all that up, hand all my clients to another writer and only run Rachel's List. It would totally break my heart. I think it would just, I couldn't do it. Yeah, but, it would. Yeah, I think it would be too much of a disconnect. And I know that we've talked about as well and I know that I've seen you working on it as, as is that just that, you know, you were in the thick of it, of the season of, you know, with your child and also obviously we can't, you know, forget that we had this big patch for a few years where things, the whole world went topsy-turvy. So I I have loved seeing you. I know you got to do your amazing trip to Italy this year with your, this year? Oh, last year. It was last year. Yeah. It was a long time coming and I've seen you taking weekends away, even going and spending that time with Lindy, like stepping into a new space with the conference. Like, you know, um, you know, there, there is a time where you're shifting into new things and starting to bring in more of that life stuff which that comes with wisdom and that comes with seasons too like there are seasons where you need to work in this way and then there's a time where you go wait a minute I can I can operate and even you and I have talked a lot about outsourcing and getting support and that's been a big big shift I've seen for you over the last few years which might mean that 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 writing muscle gets to flex again because you do have some like the support to run your businesses I think that's the biggest lesson actually for any business owner and also for any freelancer. It's something I've really resisted in my own work. I don't know why because I can probably afford it Um, and it's something I'm putting in place actually next year is I'm going to bump up my VA's hours and really create a strong task list of all those things that are so important marketing-wise that I never do. And Mm -hmm. just hand it to her. And there's so many things on that list and I'm getting so excited about it because it's the first time I've done it for my own freelancing. But, yeah, with Rachel's list, we actually were in a bit of a mess and we needed some help with our systems. And I actually um, hired for like a consulting sort of meeting with me and the team uh, this incredible VA extraordinaire called Fee Campbell who runs the VA Lead Network and also Thought Penny. And she was like, like we talked about how we fix other people's business. Oh, my God, this woman. She just said, right, here's what you need to do. And she got us onto Slack. She got us only using one platform to to discuss everything. And Slack has completely revolutionised everything. And then I started to just let go, which was something I couldn't do before. But I started, I finally felt like I had this really strong freelance team. I could trust them implicitly. They knew how the business ran. And I started to just slowly, slowly let go and let go more. And that That's changed everything. 
yeah trust and I've just um I've had support support it's why we talk because I've been having support in various forms for the last three years and it was having Finn it was having my son that really made me be like it's not just about me anymore and I need to be able to keep things moving but then there's been times where yeah finance finances aren't great or the type of my business has shifted or the person is no longer a right fit for the where they're at in their lives or the work that they're doing. And I think someone told me this really great um, phrase, which is incumbent inertia. And we've talked about this, you and I, where somebody gets, they're doing a role, and especially where it's quite rote, um, and let's say like social media scheduling or doing EDM scheduling or whatever, there isn't a lot of creative flex, then they do get a bit over it. And even with the creativity, it's not their business. It's not their thing. They're trying to think of ideas for you. They do kind of run out. And it's why advertising firms have to keep pitching for their client. Even though they've got the client, they have to keep winning the client because they do get tired um, and they lose their spark. And so it's so great. Someone told me that it was like, oh, it's not me. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's it's just it, the, the what happens has come to an end. And yeah. so having done my last trip that I just did and, and me wanting to, you know, do more travel and run the business, I was like having a retainer support is non-negotiable. Like I had ad hoc and it was lovely to have someone, but then I started going, do I get them to do this? Do I not, you know, and having enough hours to do it, that's been also a fallover but the past going, oh, it takes me two hours. I'll get them for two hours a week. no they need a little bit more time and you need that little bit of buffer in case things do come up that you have that person who can jump in and support you. Hey, lovely. I want to open the doors to incredible opportunities for you on an all-inclusive luxury retreat exclusively for people who are ready to live a life they love. I invite you to join me for five inspiring nights in sensational Sri Lanka for the Rest and Receive Retreat, hosted from 2nd to 7th of November, 2024 by yours truly, Emma Lovell. I ask you to disconnect your senses and immerse in this exotic culture while you reconnect with yourself. You get to share this luxurious experience with 12 incredible people while forming connections that last a lifetime. I really cannot undersell or overestimate this incredible retreat and the magic of going to a place to give yourself space and time. I want to share it with you. And if you are interested, then please head to my website, emmalevel.au slash Sri Lanka retreat. I'd love to see you there. And I'm happy to chat if you have any questions whatsoever. Please take this opportunity to come along and join me in stunning Sri Lanka. Mm, Yeah, I love that. I'm really like, I think I'm quite tough on my VAs. I like them to be, um, to have initiative, you know. It can't just be, here's a task, do it. Sometimes the tasks involve actually thinking of a different way of doing it that's way better than what I've thought of. And, like, I want them to have that system mindset, which I sometimes just, we don't just don't have as a writer or, but I love it when it's all set up and it's created and I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. But that's kind of what I like. I like very technical VAs who can think around a problem and that sort yeah, of thing. I think the initiative is a huge, like because yeah. the thing as a, as a business owner is that you're already thinking about so much and you're yeah. supposed to be, what we talked about 
before we came on about like you're supposed to be looking five years ahead and we yeah. go back to the e-myth you're supposed to be the ceo um and thinking ahead and if you're always caught up in the management of that person and just managing and, and issuing tasks or you get dragged back into yes the technical of doing it you can't think to the future and you can't go oh wait we've got a thing in three months i've got to be promoting that as well as this like oh where is the business going um, and actually also thinking of your VAs and your support team as an actual team, that was something yeah. that I realised uh, I think earlier this year that I hadn't been doing so much. I was treating them as contractors as opposed to, even though I'm very friendly and all that, but like I would say I don't have a team. But yeah. but I'm like I do have a team. I just have them five hours a week, not yeah. 40 hours a week. And yeah. they That's need, like mine. They need to know the business vision. Yeah. They need to be part of that so that they can be on board with you and they're never going to love the business as much as you and they're never going to be as involved as you. But if they can sort of see where it's going, they can buy into it more and maybe then they can have the initiative and go, oh, you know, it would really help Emma if I kind of started moving this into this folder or if I started just um, creating this whilst I'm already creating that. And you're like, thank you because yeah. I don't even have time to think about that. I'm trying to think yes. about that the event in a year's time yeah that's so true yeah VAs with initiative we love you we love you <laughs> I want to talk about some well it's all been fun business business you and I I don't know it was such it was so fun at the conference to be around my people because we were like yeah thinking out on words stuff total nerds total stuff. nerds yeah but passionate and and so intelligent like you said like just the conversations and the level everyone and, and the mutual respect I think there was so much respect in the room like everyone had different skill sets different but like just so much respect um and admiration um and and openness to sharing and learning um so I loved that and being around my people but you're also my people because of the travel and the travel writing and so wow. I know you're not doing it as much but you have some pretty crazy stories uh, from the past so tell me <laughs> tell me about um going blind Oh what? my God, I did. That was not a story that I wrote for anyone. I was just traveling with my husband through you South America. Now. I could, but it's a long time ago. I did pitch it, but um, yeah, it was an interesting story. I was on altitude sickness medications in South America. You're up at very high altitudes and I we were kind of traveling on our way to the salt pans of Bolivia and we were yep. going to cross into um chili and so we had all this cool stuff planned we had so much luggage and we get to this little town which name I can't remember and went out because it happened to be one night where one of us where we were both well we were either one of us was always sick in South America and the other one would sort of carry the can and then <laughs> literally the sick can <laughs> and then but we were both well we were like right let's go and find a place we'll go have some dinner have a few drinks and so we went down and had a drink at the hotel bar and I, you know, it was, I, I, I say that term very loosely, it was a bit dodgy and we just thought, oh, you know, it'll be fine. And I chose, I don't know, some kind of spirit with mixed with Coke and I just thought it was vodka or something like that. And it wasn't, it was pure ethanol. I didn't realise it, but it, mix, it mixes with your altitude sickness medicine. So... I woke up the next morning and couldn't see at all. Like I could see fuzzy shapes and that was it. And yeah. I thought I better go wash my face. Maybe I've got something in my eye or something and nuts. 
And then I just called out to Phil and said, uh, I can't see anything. Like I'm, I'm blind. <laughs> he was like, what? Anyway, so we had to leave and get on a train and that was like terrifying because we were in the midst of this like very busy station and we had all this luggage on a, you know, trolley thing and he was trying to keep track of me and the trolley and I couldn't see where I was going and it was just awful and we were on this train for about three hours and then we got to the edge of the salt pans and found a hotel before we were going to get into this thing. And, oh, that's right, our hotel was a salt hotel in the middle of the salt pans. So we got he got this cab and we put all our luggage in and we were driven out into the salt pans to this hotel. And he, I remember him saying, oh, my God, I wish you could see this. This sky is like nothing I've seen in my life because it was midnight or something when we got off the train. And I looked out the window and all I could see was black with a couple of little fuzzy white bits in it. That was it. And so we got there. We're in this incredible hotel and everything is made of salt. The beds are carved out of salt. Oh my gosh. You're walking through the corridors and your feet are crunching on salt, like piles of salt because the corridors is just like sand, but it's not sand, it's salt. And we went to the dining room. We were the only ones there and we ate a llama curry and I couldn't see any of it. Couldn't like I was being led around. It was really scary. So every day we stay there for about three days, and then every day he would wake up and he'd go, "Can you see anything yet?" And I'd say, "No." And I was blind for four days, and so we had this. We went and booked a four wheel drive, and there was like eight people on this four wheel drive that goes over the salt pans, and it's like a two two night trip or something like that. And we're sitting outside our hotel, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" Because we're both trying to be very calm and not worry and thinking you know anyway we were both petrified that my sight wasn't going to come back and we get on this four-wheel drive meet all the people and um anyway we're driving away and I suddenly like started to get a little bit of clearing in one eye and I could see a bit of sky blue sky and I was like oh my god my sight it's clearing my eyes are clearing a bit and he was like oh my god and it took five hours that whole, like the first day in that four-wheel drive for my sight to completely come back. Yeah, definitely um, lose your mind. The altitude must affect you. You lose your mind a little bit, I think. Yeah, just, and very, um, I I couldn't, my friend had to kind of tell me to get over myself there because I was just, I couldn't get past how backward things were. And and there's a lot of, um, I speak Spanish. Uh, so I'm like, I'm speaking the language, I'm talking to them like we're understanding each other but still not like the communication's not yeah. they just do things differently so and differently just a beautiful country I would just baffling yeah baffling some of it just I was like oh, it's not it is. and that was 2012 so I wonder what it would be like now yeah and I think I was there in 2009 there. maybe so yeah yeah it was weird it was a very weird experience a huge yeah. jump from yeah Peru to there and then I'm sure yeah. it was a different jump again to Chile like you just um yeah it was like okay yeah, yeah. Was, all right well I mean I reckon that could be great fodder for you I think now everything that happens it's just like anything that happens I'm just like newsletter content <laughs> that's a that was, that was definitely interesting <laughs> Sorry. yeah I, it's I've traveled to so many cool places both as a travel writer but also with my husband and also on my own um yeah I've done some really cool stuff and when you're when you're on a famil or there to write a story 
it's really interesting. You you want the full experience with other people, but sometimes uh, you're alone, especially mm. in Africa. Like some of the experiences I had, they would just clear the decks so that I could have this kind of premium experience with no one there. And um, I found that a bit weird, but I, I stayed in this incredible resort um, in Zambia called the Tongabezi. And you could, you basically were in these tree houses and monkeys would run along the thing and you had a bath that was drawn by a butler at, you know, and they'd leave a glass of champagne and, um, and there was no walls or anything. So you literally were just protected from the monkeys and the elements by, um, you know, a kind of mozzie sheet over your bed. <laughs> and, and I didn't know anyone. I was there doing a story and I was going to my friend's wedding who was um, getting married. She married a safari owner and so I was her bridesmaid and I was heading over to her wedding after doing this big story. And I met this couple and they said, do you want to have dinner with us? And dinner involved getting, you know, in a canoe and paddling out to this barge in the middle of the Zambezi River with crocodiles and, you know, um, hippos around you and you would sit on this barge eating your dinner and they would bring it out to you and the waiters would sing in these this inc- incredible voices and that's all you could hear in the night sky and they would bring your dinner out in the canoes and that was just amazing. But the next day they said, right, you're doing a story, we're going to take you to a really cool place that no one ever gets to go to and it's basically this swimming pool on the edge of the Zambezi Falls. And I was like, that sounds amazing. And they're like, there's just one little <laughs> little thing. you got to swim to it, like across this pitch black hippo and crocodile infested river, right? you got to swim to this pool. And I'm like, on the edge of the falls. So you like the falls are right there and you're swimming right near the edge of the falls, right? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we get there, they've basically cancelled all the other guests, so I'm the only one having the premium experience of getting to the, this pool. And they said, look, no Australian has ever said no to doing this. Oh, yeah. That, that old chestnut. Anyway, so they wrapped my camera. I used to travel with this huge camera with all these lenses and they wrapped it all up in plastic and one of them held it on top of his head. And the other two just grabbed me and said, right, we're going to swim to rock. He said, it's really fast because obviously we're right on the edge of this waterfall, this massive waterfall. We could die uh, at any moment. So he goes, we're going to swim to rocks and hold on to rocks and we're going to kind of drag you to the rocks that we know are there in the river and then we're going to get to the pool. So we did this kind of like, you know, weird thing of getting to this weird pool and in the pitch black water and he was like don't worry the hippos and the crocs don't come up this far <laughs> and I was still they go over the waterfall so they, I know so that kind of, I kind of believe them that made sense and then we sort of went around about and got to this pool you wouldn't even know this pool was there it was amazing and you could dive into it you could just swim in it and then you could just sit on the edge and sit on the edge of the waterfall and wave to people in Zimbabwe, which we did. And they were all like, who are those crazy idiots on the, like yeah. on the edge of the waterfall over, a, you know, in, in Zambia? So that was uh, a really, really cool thing that I got to do. I got to do so many cool things. Was that through a magazine or through like you pitched and or they, they reached out to you and then you pitched the story? How did that one? So work? that one was published um, in Escape. Yep. Yep. And did I pitch it? I think I went, uh, I sort of, yeah, I sort of 
I planned the story and got comped and then I um, can't remember if they accepted it after or not. I'm wondering if I wrote that on spec. You know what? I can't actually remember. That was a long time ago. Yeah, there's a few ways. Yeah, but I might have maybe I, I think I wrote it on spec or you know what I did? No, I did it. I managed to get some because my friend was marrying this, um, you know, safari owner and knew a lot of people. So she managed to get me comped for all this because at the time I was doing all this travel writing and maybe I had reached out to Escape and they said, you know, let us know, you know, when you get there or something like that. So I had I had two stories, one in the Herald, oh, they were both in Escape, I think, and they both got picked up immediately. The yeah. minute I got back, I just sent a few of my photos because I was um, on slide film for that trip. I think it was in 2005 maybe, and um, and they both just, yeah, are some of my favourite, favourite stories ever. Amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, um, I didn't know how that all worked, and we'll wrap up shortly. I just, um, but I didn't know how that worked. I got invited on a Famil in like 2012 when I was, yeah, doing more of the writing and it was like I had a paid job in Melbourne and I just didn't know and they they got me because I was um, writing content creation for a travel company and so they invited me but I didn't know about like, you know, and with a familiar, there's no guarantee that you have to do the story. Like they're, yeah. they're taking you and hoping that you will pitch the story. And it's like, what would you do with it if we were That's take- changed. That's definitely changed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, yes, these were, I guess, the, the glory days of it. But I just didn't know and I didn't have, I wasn't in Rachel's list then, so I couldn't reach out and ask people and I didn't think to ask people and I had to at the time. It's a different situation to what I'm in now and that's where I talk about those seasons is like I had to guarantee the income, you know, this was a potential pitching stories, potential getting income, potential leading to things. Yeah. Um, like three days Bali, three days Darwin, like would have been amazing. But um, I didn't want to piss off the client that I had and, you know, damage that relationship. But now looking back, knowing what it, like knowing um, what the, the opportunities were and knowing now that that has dramatically changed, you're like, damn it, that would have been yeah. cool to do. And there are still, there are definitely still familiars around, I think more uh, freely to travel agents and travel companies as opposed to writers. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting to know how that, oh. It is. I, I mean, now, like, I, I, pitched a story to a magazine recently because I was offered that I was offered the trip so I basically say to the PR or whoever it is I'll see if I can place it and then I go to the editor and say are you interested in this they say yes we'll buy it and we can give you two pages or whatever it is and then you go back and say I can place it in x magazine and then it all goes ahead so that's generally how it works for me now but you could still do it where you go like you're on a trip with you know, your family and write a shit hot story and have amazing photos and then just sell the idea, not write the whole story, but just say, sell the idea with a really strong angle and send some photos. Yeah. And they're always well, that, filling pages. It was always the pre. I got a few like, um, cause some of, one of my friends is really good at reaching out. We're in a pitch group with her, Danielle, really yes. good at reaching out and contacting all the places you want to go. I'm just not I actually don't love to do the planning. I love to just go and see. So um, one of the, I kind of know what I'm going to do, but I also like to see what happens. So, but I did reach out to a hotel in Chicago and I got that, a really nice hotel, that half price. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. even that like that all helps um Absolutely. I knew that I had the story lined up but I just I think I'm just not the best planner I, I'm more the go and do it and then um and always capturing content and then when I come back I go yeah I've got a story that I've um I'll put the story together so that's but anyway we could talk for ages I want to um always uh, and I'm happy to have you back anytime but (laughs) I want to ask you the question what right now with your 25 years of experience and where you're at with the businesses and in the trenches and creating new things but what does living a life you love look like now God That's such a big question. And I think professionally speaking, I am doing that. Like I love my work. I find it really rewarding. And I'm a little bit bemused at how it's all evolved and grown. Like 10 years ago, I never would have believed where Rachel's list would be now or that I would, you know, give up movie reviewing and and be like so passionate about looking, you know, learning and upskilling in different kinds of copywriting, like landing pages, which is my big thing at the moment, the thing I'm really keen to learn. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I could be in a better position professionally. And I think all those little things that you add in, like the podcast and the summit and all the different things you try, um, it just it keeps reinvigorating you, doesn't it? And you keep growing and and that's a really beautiful thing for your career and it keeps things interesting as well. Um, but, yeah, there's lots of things I'd like to do in the future for sure. I've got a long list, a very long list. And I just keep trying to add to that list. So just, <laughs> um, I'm just putting this for accountability. I want to run a, a, a retreat on a train. Oh, with yes. That's a writing retreat on a train. I want to go to India. She's not sure. We'll figure it out. So just uh, <laughs> In five years, come back and, and listen to the fact that we've done that. So I'm just putting people on the spot. It's like, Lindy, I'm like, just going to throw this out there at the end. Just yeah, yeah. Get your commitment by uh, by accountability on a podcast. I definitely <laughs> think we'll be doing that retreat on the train at some point, but it might not be in India. It's <laughs> <laughs> a negotiation. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. What's the best way that people can uh, find you? We'll put it all in the show notes, but how, how can people uh, stay in touch with you? Sure. Well, if you're interested in Rachel's List and you're a writer that wants to join a really beautiful, amazing, friendly community and find jobs and that sort of thing, rachelslist.com.au. If you're someone who needs a writer, you can also post a job or a short gig there. Um, Very reasonable rates and lots of talented people. We like to say Australia's best writers are there, which I really think is that that's true. Um, And if you want to find me personally, I'm at rachelsmith.com.au. Yes, fantastic. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you for sharing so much. And uh, personal thanks to you for being my amazing virtual office buddy and always being there to um, encourage, motivate and uh, just talk crap, really. And and talk you off the occasional ledge, which you do for me too. (laughs) They're the business buddies we need. Um, I know, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening, lovely one. I hope this has inspired you to dream big and start creating a life you love today. If you love what you're hearing, don't forget to follow and rate on Spotify and rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. It helps other awesome people to find this podcast and get motivated and inspired as well. Want to stay connected? Come and join the Live A Life You Love group on Facebook or connect with me on Instagram, emmalovell.au. The same as my website, but all the details are in the show notes, lovely. 
I'll see you next episode for more inspiration, motivation, and freedom seeking. Now go out there and live a life you love.